Coast DNA. I'm your host, Darcy Walsh, and today's guest, we have Sky Wallace. Welcome, Sky. Hello, how's it going? So you've been mentioned a few times on this podcast. Oh, really? And even though you're not in the East Coast, you do have some connections to the East Coast. Yeah, I well, first of all, I love the East Coast. Mm-hmm. Um, but my my uh, mom's side of the family is from uh, my, my people come from Newfoundland, like uh, Placentia Bay area originally, uh, and I've still got family there, uh, mostly in like CBS. I've got a uh, cousin on Fogo, uh, and I like to go back as often as possible, just because I don't know, I just love it there. I I love Newfoundland. I love all different parts too. Like I've I've had as a touring musician, I think I've had like further connections with different places that I don't know if I if I would have traveled to otherwise. Like like Western Newfoundland uh, has been has played a big part in in my writing process. Like there's a place there in Norris Point that I go to uh, not infrequently to write, and uh, yeah, it's 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 played a big role as far as like where the music comes from and who I am as a person. So yeah, I do love east coast (laughs) and when i know that you have is it five albums out already yeah (laughs) and i know you have new stuff to talk about that you're really excited to talk about but just to get a little bit of history for those people that are watching that maybe don't know who you are i I suspect most of our viewers do know exactly who you are already oh really that's nice but that said since we're mostly east coast and you're not really from here i see your name down here quite a bit because you do play down here yes yeah how long ago did you start as a musician i guess i started i started playing like i guess doing tours and things like that like 12 13 years ago okay so that was kind of like the fruition and they were very deeply diy tours like I couldn't even drive at that point I was like bopping around on trains and like getting family members across the country to like help pick me up from trains things like that so it was like very ragtag I didn't realize how punk rock it was at the time but Mm -hmm. looking back I'm very very proud but uh yeah it's it's been kind of like a uh figure it out as you go along kind of journey and a long one but uh like a very like it's always been fruitful like it never feels stagnated like I feel like I'm always learning new things and meeting new people as as I've kind of grown musically like the music has changed a lot over the course of those many albums and there have been times where I look back on on earlier stuff and I'm like oh maybe it doesn't quite fit what I'm doing now and sometimes mm-hmm. I'm like oh should I have put that out but like I think there's merit to always putting that stuff out I think it's like interesting to demystify the process of growth as an artist and uh so i do i i I like i stand by that i stand by the whole uh process of the thing the whole career and at this point uh i don't know i feel a lot more sure-footed having like experimented and explored a lot of those things uh so yeah i guess that brings me to where i'm at now which is like you know a much bigger sound kind of more of a rock thing uh still touring but doing like you know heading off in a week to go to the US and Europe, which is great. And just kind of, just kind of building. That's super exciting. Like right off the bat that you can hit a tour at that level. Like, like you, you're obviously at a level of success right now that like you can maintain this for a while. 
So was that, yeah, we'll see. was, is this the goal that you had originally starting off or like, is this success for Scott? I guess like, I think that's really important actually, as far as uh, just like the perception of success in our, in our heads, in society, et cetera. Like that is a, is a, is a very funny beast. And I think it's really important to always look back on what you thought success was from the get-go because I think like the the breadth of what you've accomplished it, like it it diminishes in your in your current state but if you look mm -hmm. back to see the path I think there's you surprise yourself and so like looking back on on a few things like you know my goals when I was like 17 and like just starting to busk in like you know the landing in the town I was living in like I I wanted to be on the radio at some point. I wanted to, you know, at some point I wanted to play the Dakota Tavern in Toronto. I wanted to like have a level of like recognition and connection with my music where like people would deeply, truly connect and like reach out and let me know. Like, I, I feel like there are all these things that are, are now happening that I feel really grateful for. And I think in, in the, the grand, the, <laughs> the, the big uh, hustle, life as it is right now like those little things are easy to miss and forget about or I guess to, to forget to cherish to the yeah. extent that they should be so uh that's been really uh I don't know I think key in this last year especially I've just been really like relishing in the creative process relishing in like collaborating and and taking all of these little pieces of success for what they are which is amazing and little me would have been very excited and the sound you kind of alluded to a little bit and if anyone goes and looks you up they'll see like mm -hmm. the little blurbs for your bio you do describe your sound right in there so did you start off like you mentioned busking did you start off like singer songwriter like acoustic folk kind of music yeah very much so and i think that was like that was a what inspired me but also where like where my wheelhouse was at because I came from a very like uh like vocal forward mm -hmm. kind of I guess like my vocals were my first instrument like I did have some uh like not not typical classical training but like we did you know did operettas and things like that had the technique uh that typically you wouldn't venture into as a rock singer um but I do think that that like that being my main instrument lended itself quite well to starting out in the folk arena and I think you know I don't think it ever truly went away I do think like that storytelling aspect of my songwriting has always been a really important piece um it's just that you know over the years the acoustic guitar started to have some uh, distortion add to it and then I realized I should just go electric and then I you know, added drums on top of the string section and then the string section became bass and other things so like it's it's been a gradual organic progression but I think it was a lot of like you know following the gut and following the heart uh to make those decisions to like I don't know fulfill like my creative self <laughs> and with the evolution of that sound like there would obviously the same as any human you're going to have a lot of external influences from the changing scape of the whole music scene and oh yeah the Canadian music scene like if if anyone pays attention to whether or not the bands are listened to are from Canada or not there is kind of a sound that we have like the like for yeah. alternative music which you would fall into like for modern alternative rock radio i guess yeah so i see you in there a lot but i'm curious 
is it influence from peers? Is it similar influences that your peers would have had? Or is it the people that you're collaborating with? Because I know you've had a few different band members and a couple of the band members have been on our show as well. So <laughs> Yeah. yeah it, I mean, it's all it. That's a bit. Yeah. I mean, that's a, a good question. It's it's I think it's everything all at once. I think it's mm -hmm. like everything forms a little a little shred, a little piece. And like as far as you're saying with like Canadian music, like I think I do derive a lot of influence from Canadian artists, like because I think back to that goals thing when you're younger, I think I looked to what was going on in Canada and I was like, oh, I want to make people feel like Ashtray Rock made me feel, or I want to, you know, get to a level playing festivals in Canada that I see the, uh, let's see, like maybe like the Weaker Thans playing because they were like my favorite band, like things like that. So I think that was like the fruition. And I do still think like to this day, like, you know, I just saw uh, Library Voices play at Gateway Festival in Saskatchewan when we were playing there. And I realized like, oh, this was like exceptionally formative for me. So it's like, it is very embedded in that Canadian thing. And like, I've had also a huge breadth of collaboration with like like lots of friends lots of wonderful bandmates collaborators uh Devin and Gina I think are on this yes they're yes, incredible yes. I love them Devin actually produced a bunch of my stuff the 2019 record and part of the last one as well and uh just yeah out of control and then in in more recent years I've also gotten more comfortable with co-writing so that's been also another branch of of the collective uh inspiration <laughs> so that actually it kind of is a question that i was going to save to later because i don't want to rush too much into the new stuff and burn you right out of the interview but <laughs> i can gag forever so <laughs> you just announced uh tough kid mm -hmm. so that's a new single that you have coming out that's right. Yeah, it's coming out in 13 days, 12 days. Excellent. Yeah. Yes, just around the corner. Yeah. So is that a new, like who's playing on that song with you? That one is just me. And uh, so so basically a couple months ago, like six months ago, uh, Hoxley Workman reached out and was like, hey, we have like friends of friends. And like, I feel like we've, almost met a whole bunch of times and I, I feel like we would write really well together I'm supposed to be writing a bunch I know you're writing a bunch because I post about it a lot and so he was like do you want to try something and I was like yeah I'm obsessed with you <laughs> uh like I've been a big fan of of just like his art and performance and writing mm -hmm. and everything for a long time uh so we started writing some stuff and it was just like instantly so uh just like I don't know like things I'd wanted to explore like in 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 reality seeing it there I was just like whoa okay this is like something special like the chemistry was there it was awesome and so like we have been venturing on this thing of like co-producing a whole bunch of music together um which is my first time like officially in the producer seat which is very exciting and like very empowering and actually it's the first time like this song is the first time I'm releasing something where I'm playing all the like guitar and bass and then also doing all of the the vocals and Hoxley, of course, is doing the drums. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe one of the best drummers I've ever experienced. So, <laughs> but yeah, so that's uh, that's pretty much it. 
which is kind of fun so does this mean that we'll have a new album in the foreseeable future that has a slightly varied sound from what we saw last time i mean maybe i don't know if it's like a full like nobody has to be worried that it'll be like um like scream art pop or anything like that Mm -hmm. (laughs) but i do think i'm i'm settling into this this concept for a record and and it's pretty much well it's pretty much there Mm -hmm. Uh, nothing's announced yet but just uh i don't know it's 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 a bunch of thematic concepts that i'm really fired up about and i think like all the ways that it's weaving like the stories are weaving together uh like just the visions that i had for like aesthetics and videos and accompanying art pieces and things like that are really coming into this this thing and it's making me very excited and there will be uh i can promise lots to come so that i did notice that uh you do seem keen to keep up with music videos to go with your releases not everybody does yeah. that nowadays so that's nice it to is see. hard it, it's hard and it's uh, and it's expensive it can be i like even just collaborating with friends on things where it's like you know i have this one friend who approached me and was like hey i'm getting into music videos i want to uh beef up my portfolio can i just do a little quick vid for you it'll take like half a day kind of thing and i'll just do it pro bono like things like that have been really helpful where we can kind of like collaborate a little bit or even you know i guess that's that's a thing that i was working on like over the last couple of years it's like friends who also have brands and need content like it is it can be a little bit of a drag to just try to keep up with the amount of you know you need pictures of yourself you need this you need this you need this and it, you know the music life does not really afford a ton right. of uh cashola per se so um i think like like me and some of my friends who had brands or you know artists themselves we would like get together and even just brainstorm but sometimes we'd like take pictures of each other around town we just like you know let's go for a coffee we'll walk around if I see a cool photo that makes sense with your content I can take a picture of you you can take a picture of me so you know there's there's definitely evolved a a collaborative aspect to that as well which I think I think you need and I think it also fosters a sense of community and and calling social media what it is which you know I think it can be it can be displayed and perceived as this thing that everybody can just do fine. And it's like, it's so easy. It's so like effortless. Um, but it isn't, it's, yeah. there's so much work that goes into all of it and it can be mind numbing. It can be soul crushing, like just in those moments where you're trying to like create content about yourself and like, say, I don't know, like set yourself apart from the a million other videos that are out there. Like it, it can really get to you. So I think having that, one-on-one acknowledgement that like you know we're able to help each other we're in this together it's not wonderful all the time but we can make it a little bit better in those moments and like yourself people that are out there kind of collaborating a little bit on the social media and even if it's somewhat passive it creates a sense on the other end like for someone like myself that there is a community there. Now, sometimes it might yeah. be an artificial painted picture of what's actually happening behind the scenes, but a rosy picture is nice. <laughs> I, For I'm, sure. I'm Absolutely. That, right? Yeah, totally. And like, I, I, I definitely don't want to like drag social media because I feel like, especially in the last like six months, 
I've really like my, my relationship with it has really changed. And I think part of that was just, you know, burnout before, and it does burn one out for sure. Like we Mm -hmm. all agree, I think, but um, yeah, I think I just got to a point where it's like, you know, I, I, I acknowledge I've been doing this for a long time and I value, you know, just authenticity and being myself and connecting with the people who are, who are following, who have yet to follow, but who, who have been following more than anything, like who have been there uh, through the whole process. Uh, and so like, I kind of am just doing whatever I want to do now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and some of that can be like stupid jokes. Like I was doing at the beginning of the year. I think that really like lit something in me where I was like, Oh, I can, I don't need to hide my weirdness. People want to see like little bits of myself that are actually like, you know, that they're weird, but people are, everyone's weird. Like, I think yeah. there's something to that, like the humanity of the imperfection or just like the the raw self, I think is really compelling to me. It definitely over the last few decades, like it's not so much that any particular pocket of people has grown individually. It's just the the overall acceptance. And it'd be hard for somebody, maybe some younger people may have a real hard time wrapping their head around this, but acceptance in general of people just being themselves is a lot more accepted i guess yeah nowadays than it ever was so it it is people seem to be not everyone's leaning into it but people are Mm -hmm. starting to be able to find the comfort in like oh i can just do whatever i feel like and it doesn't really impact anyone in a negative way it's not bad or wrong right yeah, totally. And I do think like, you know, there's, there's negative sides to that. Like, you know, we're all fighting in this like global market, trying to get heard on, on one end of that side, but because of the, like, you know, the global market means a vast, vast, vast audience that like we would never have had access to before mm-hmm. here now. And because of that, there's an audience for everything. And so I think originality is becoming currency. I think like following what only you can do as an artist, which means just like being your unadulterated raw self. I think Mm -hmm. that that becomes interesting and like appealing to people, which is like, I'm all for it because like only you, like the guarantee is that only you can do you. Mm -hmm. And so to have that be the guiding factor, it's like, oh, well that's simple. Like I can, I don't have to like, soul search and like figure out like is there so many kinds of music out there there's so many kinds of ways to present yourself all this thing and it's like well just follow your gut and do the thing that you want to do and be creative and inspired all the way and that's kind of a good place to be so I don't know I'm excited about where it's at one thing just since you're talking about social media I I didn't have this in notes but it just made me think of it uh you recently did a collaboration for a beer yeah yeah, I, just, I remember seeing the clips on social media. So that, that was something that you did that was a little outside the box creatively. Totally, and it, it stuck yeah. Out. But yeah, maybe yeah. might as well talk about it for a second. Since I yeah, totally. So there's this wicked brewery in Toronto uh, called Long Slice. And uh, they've they've been quite supportive over the years. They've even like, you know, donated a bunch of beers to video shoots and things like that. Um, and they have this beer called Sky Bison. Mm-hmm. uh it's an apa american pale ale and uh and i love i love sky bison I've, I've been drinking it for a long time and so they came to some shows and uh cora lee one of the the main folks at long slice reached out and was like hey 
what if we had a special edition can that like you help design we can like do us instead of sky bison we can do like a sky wallace so we like concocted this concept where it was like I was breaking into the brewery and like messing up their cans with a sharpie so the design kind of reflects that like the bison's crossed out there's Wallace but then also there's a picture that was drawn um by this tattoo artist in town uh named Wes Pratt who's at Duchess Tattoos and so that's been on my t-shirts it's me riding like a leopard Mm -hmm. Uh, which is very sick but we uh we figured out how to like bring that into the beer can where i am in fact riding the bison awesome Uh, and so yeah it it really worked out and it's very cool and that's another example of just like collaborating with friends everybody's doing cool stuff and you know even like you know there's there's i'm trying to like get together things for like a like a more feature length situation or even like a documentary for for the next little while and and that's just been like just the multimedia i think mm-hmm. landscape is really where i'm i've been sourcing some some energy so yeah i love it i just well, i mean it was a couple of weeks ago i guess but i just had a conversation with uh andre Petapa about the the oh. 90 90s always had like vhs videos of the bands you liked like that were little clips from their tours and performances and stuff yeah I remember yeah. those, but it is funny with the changing landscape for media. I remember those as like something you would watch with friends and then like you'd end up watching again a week later, or maybe you'd leave it on yeah. and watch it twice in a row or something. And I remember them being long, but if you go back and look, like those are under an hour. Like it, it was rare that yeah. they went over an hour. And nowadays we're all producing five minutes of content every 15 minutes to stay relevant oh yeah it adds up so quick it's funny like to actually sit down and put together something like you're talking about like some kind of movie or something yeah kind of capture the package it's it's super doable we don't do it enough for sure and i think i mean that's why i think a lot of uh like the the role of like social media person on tour has become so highly coveted and like very necessary just Mm -hmm. because it's like I guess that's a point where I'm in right now where I'm like, I'm running out of time allotted like that I physically have before the tour happens. And ideally I would like to have all my social media done at least for the release stuff ahead of time, because I know I'm always like, I can go do this on tour. I'll just Mm -hmm. like make some content on tour. No, you can't like, (laughs) it's so different. Like you can, But especially, you know, I'm at a level where like, I don't have a tour manager necessarily. I'm kind of like, you know, have to kind of troubleshoot as we go. Um, But I think, yeah, I don't, I don't see uh, the availability to do social media at this point, Mm -hmm. Um, except for like, you know, small moments that you can steal away here and there. But like, I I would want to put more into that than, than that. So yeah, I do think it is a it's a funny thing where it's like you kind of have to like strike a balance and like reconcile your time to yourself and uh just you know make it happen. It'll That's <laughs> a little call out to fans out there too, then because I, I know that it's common with a lot of people that I have interviewed, like the the artists really do appreciate the fans that are putting the effort in that maybe have some different skill sets or a different amount of time available to them at that particular time when you're out there performing because by the time you're done performing and you got to tear everything down and 
maybe you socialize with the people you just yeah. performed with or so maybe you're dead tired and you need to sleep for 12 hours <laughs> it's hard to squeeze in that social media aspect there so it is yeah yeah and like the few times I've had a couple of friends like come to shows and be the social media person mostly mm -hmm. just like in Toronto if it's if it's an easy thing but like what a difference just like having you know stories from backstage of your set and mm -hmm. like uh just like little bits of like the surrounding that you wouldn't even think of because you're just like like tour and and shows I find it's just like okay next step next step you're just looking at putting one foot in front of the other uh and not really thinking about the big picture of like you know oh if I get this this will come in handy for later like that doesn't really it there's no space in the brain mm -hmm. for that <laughs> for me anyway yeah, yeah um so I I think that I've seen I've seen the light and that would be awesome to have so that's uh definitely <laughs> a to do to have someone doing that and so when does this tour start uh September 8th okay going down to uh Cincinnati first is the first uh it's the first the first like festival festival I'm playing in the states which is very exciting and so do you have a different touring band than what I would have seen recently because you have new material that you're doing on your own and working with it's, Huxley uh, and stuff. yeah I mean I've got uh the same rhythm section as I think you would have seen it's Chris Demas and Jay Stratman mm -hmm. um but then just like based on availability it's a big tour I have like a, a rotating cast of folks who have been with me this summer mm -hmm. um and uh including Devin and Gina that you saw mm -hmm. um and but for this tour uh, coming with me is my friend Kurt Cuffey, who's based out of Vancouver. And he's uh, he's we've been friends since we were like seven. OK. Uh, and he's uh, he's just he's just the greatest. And he's playing guitar, but also like like actually what we were just talking about, like he is bringing a whole bunch of cameras and like video. You know, toys that he, he yeah. likes to play with because he's been you know, he used to do like warp tours as like the social media and merch person like he would be the guy and loves doing that stuff so uh, that's a very fortuitous thing where it's like oh yeah we get to create some art together on the road and i think it'll be really fun oh it sounds like fun i think most of the audience of this particular show is either people that do that like and myself yeah. like people that do stuff like this or artists like yourselves that are yeah curious what yeah. their friends are up to or who this other band is they never collaborated with before so totally yeah, yeah. big time I think too there's like a I, I'm all for the like the demystification of the process like mm -hmm. I think I don't know it's I feel like you don't have to or at least where I'm at I don't really want to keep my cards close to my chest as far as like this is what touring is like this is like how this happens like oh no this happened so I think there's like there's something to be said about just like having like that honest open book I think people because you know like you're selling your personality but also I think people want to know like what you're going through I think it's like it's informative yeah. as well as you know like if people haven't toured before it's like what does that look like what are you experiencing uh so I think there's there's a bit of uh you know interest you can garner in that way as well and so with five albums and a new single on the way. So September 12th is the specific date for the release. Just that's right. You know when yeah. people are listening to this, it may be afterwards, right? But yeah. um, is there any particular song that you would like to play off the end of this episode with? Ooh. Um, 
yeah, let's go with, sorry. Oh no, I, I like when people <sighs> think about it. Sometimes we'll just go with the latest single, but I do like when we're right in that pocket in between, because you can just pick anything from your whole yeah. catalog. Yeah. Um, let's go with the doubt. All right. For my last, for my last record. Perfect. I love that well, too. We'll uh, play off here with the doubt, and we'll put some links down below if anybody wants to check out uh, tour dates or the new single. And uh, maybe when the tour dates die down, if you want to reach out, we could do a little follow up and find out where the Tough Kid single led, because I suspect yeah. that there's going to be some cool new material coming. Yeah, I would love that. And yeah, I'm hoping to maybe get out your way again in the spring. So excellent. Uh, let's uh, keep in touch. Yes, we actually, I don't know if you're familiar with all of our content there, but we do. Uh, well, I guess you knew I was at the Somo Festival as well. We do That's some right. We do some on the road episodes as well. So very cool. If you're on tour down yeah. this way. Just give me a heads up and we'll see what we can work that, out. That would be awesome. Okay, cool. Excellent. Well, thanks great, again. Great interview. Thank you for all the wonderful questions. Oh, thank great. you for giving me your time. I know you're busy and getting ready to head out on the road again. So I'm glad the timing worked out. Yeah, absolutely. It's all coming together. <laughs> awesome. Thanks again. Master